Good morning, everybody. Hope you are doing well and you had an amazing uh, weekend. They're just gone. School holidays have begun. We returned back home uh, late Friday night and um, and now we're actually just after my Monday morning lives. We have got the car packed and the kids are excited and we're heading out to Rosebud for uh, the week. Uh, just to chill out being school holidays um, this year we're not doing Queensland we're staying at home uh, even though it's gonna be a little bit chillier but uh, very excited to um, to be going away and taking a little breather before we return home in a week's time and we're getting to watch the grand final um, uh, you know it's grand final week away kind of thing all right so today we're gonna talk about moving uh, from a one-on-one -on -one business model to a one-to-many business model. A lot of people um, uh, can desire, good morning, Megan, and Nats, and Sandy, Myrna. Okay, so uh, lots of people can, um, can feel stuck in the one-on-one -on -one approach of business. And I just wanna share this in this live today is some of the insights or, you know, looking in hindsight now, after 10 years of having done both, what is it that I did and um, how did I think about it? How did I, you know, uh, take the plunge into moving my business into a one-to-many pretty much uh, full-time? Uh, and what is it that you need to do <laughs> um, to uh, do the same for yourself? Uh, first of all, though, let me just do my little shares in um, in the couple of groups that this goes also live on Monday mornings, and then we're going to start talking about how you need to think about it and what you should be doing. All right, so I'm just going to do my share. Um, what are you guys doing for school holidays if you are if you do have kids and um, and are taking um, and they're at home right now? Because we thought they were going to bounce off the walls otherwise if we didn't go anywhere. So uh, mum will be entertaining them next week. But this week, um, you know, we're having family time. We're going to do lots of puzzles and, and build. I'm going to build a model house um, uh, when I'm away. Um, you know, just get, get the brain sort of switched off um, a little bit. And um, while I have the gorgeous Viv at home holding the fort. Um, okay, here we go. All right, my shares are done. All right, so almost 10 years ago, good morning, Viv. I'm going to talk to you after the lives. Um, so rewind the clock about 10 years ago when I started out as a coach. Um, of course, my dream was to become, um, you know, a fully booked um, weight loss coaching practice or life coaching, if you, if you like. And I thought, you know, if I had X amount of clients one-on-one, that'll be just amazing. You know, um, all my problems will resolve and, um, and I'll just live my ideal life, earning what I wanted to earn and all that sort of stuff. Uh, little did I know, of course, how uh, draining and tiring and taxing one-on-one -on -one can end up being after a period of time. So certainly that first goal of achieving a fully booked uh, coaching practice one-on-one -on -one was um, a, a hard path as well. You know, it took me five months to get my first paying client. Then I only had three paying clients in the first 12 months and when the first book came out as you guys know that was the defining moment that actually got me to have that fully booked coaching practice and then so the journey of doing lots of one-on-one -on -one and and having lots of clients long term and all that sort of stuff began um uh, after a period of doing so much coaching 
um, I lost my voice and I actually thought, you know what, this one-on-one, I don't know how long I can go on um, like this. Luckily, I had a mentor um, alongside the journey with me and he said, Nat, everything that you're doing, if you feel that you are, um, if you're repeating yourself, write it down. Write down all the different things that you are um, repeating yourself and just document them. So I kind of took took this as a bit of a rule of thumb because I noticed that uh, repeating myself in my sessions meant that I was like kind of developing a model or or a system. At the beginning of business, you think, oh, you know, I I don't, um, I don't think this is um. Uh, you know, there's any system behind what I do, but uh, you know, once you get into a flow, you are doing certain things at a particular time, and or when a client starts with you, the first session is a, a certain style. You're asking certain questions and all that kind of stuff. So I did every week. I started sort of noting down different aspects of what I was doing, and this is what I would encourage you to do if you are in a one-on-one uh, space. Um, and you're working with people, even though those people might all be different. Um, I know a lot of coaches and spiritual, um, you know, people from a, coming from a spiritual angle uh, say that oh, everyone is different. I'm attracting different people. I'm attracting, um, you know, or they all have different um, pain points and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure the things that you're saying and doing with them have some kind of a similarity as you're taking from a journey. Maybe you're using certain modalities to help them. Maybe you're, um, you know, getting them to do certain pieces of homework, if you like. So these are all the things that I suggest that you should be documenting because there is something that becomes kind of your system intellectual property. I believe some uh, a lot of people can tend to uh, want to skip the one-on-one to go to one-to-many. Um, however, I think there's gold and wisdom by understanding and really being inside your mind of your ideal client and t- learning from them one-on-one what they want, what works, what doesn't work as you slowly develop that one-to-many model. So anything that you are repeating yourself in becomes the framework or the foundation of what you would be doing with people one-to-many. Now, there's a big objection that comes up with um, with some providers or some people that I meet. They say, oh, but, you know, 101 is the most powerful way you can help someone, right? Uh, because you've got them there, they've got you and all that kind of stuff. But actually what I now have grown to think after doing now one too many solidly the last six years is that there is a lot of missed opportunity brainstorming and different ideas masterminding that is gained from someone taking on a program one to many so you could do a blend you could do some someone on one and then one to many that's also a possibility um, within you know what you offer people and you know maybe that blend can be at the highest level and at the lower levels you know they they're just working a work a group environment now in a group environment people get more value than they get in one-on-one because what other group participants end up asking uh, may not be thought about a thought from that particular person but then they go oh my god i would love to know that um, yes, I didn't think about asking that question. I often see this in um, in the masterclasses we've uh, we've hosted in the retreat, you know, where everyone is uh, sitting, you know, in a in a learning, um, you know, in, in a training room, 
and they, you know, different people put their hands up at different times, ask questions, and the others, I can see the faces on other people go, oh, yeah, that, that would be really good to know. So often one-on-one, -on -one, there's only like two brains involved, obviously the expert and the person uh, that's there, and it can become quite limited in the, the power of masterminding and brainstorming, whereas in a one-to-many scenario, the value tenfold because all of a sudden you obviously have a community and the uh, community feel also super powerful because it makes people uh, feel like they belong in a certain group and you know we have that fear of um you know not belonging and bringing people into a community is so so powerful and so then the questions get asked and the value tenfolds because all of a sudden other people are learning from each other not just from you. Makes sense? And so um, that is why I highly encourage if you have been doing one-on-one for a long time and resisting because you've got the limiting belief that one-on-one is the only thing that can help my clients, uh, think again. And perhaps if you're too scared of, you know, kind of jumping and taking the leap into one-to-many, how about, um, you know, transitioning slowly? And that's what, what happened in my um, business like I was doing my ultimate 48 hours the retreats I think I did six retreats before I actually stopped all my one-on-one -on -one, uh, and fully transitioned into it uh, it can feel like the bread and butter in um, you know for a coach or a service-based business owner hypnotherapist whatever that their their business is where they're doing lots of one-on-one -on -one. and that could be scary as shit moving to one to many because all of a sudden what you would need to stop pretty much all your activities and, and servicing clients one to one because you will need to devote the time and have pinpoint sharp focus to move to one to many. So you can do it slowly as I had transitioned from what I did and uh, did both and it was absolutely exhausting doing both or you can pull the pin and actually do it um, you know, straight up. Now, when I did pull the pin and said, that's it, no more one-on-one -on -one for me, I'm going to do one too many, I want to focus on filling my retreats regularly, doing a series of events that will promote all of um, those activities, and um, and therefore I had that extra time now that I wasn't seeing people one-on-one -on -one, to be able to market and promote my business um, so that, yes, there wasn't regular sales and all that kind of stuff, but then you're planning for uh, when the promotional periods will be and of course the sale booms uh, that will occur and I've talked about this on a previous live where I you know talk about planning for a sales boom. Now the one-to-many model will most likely uh, involve many people of course uh, which means it will involve either online or offline events. So um, with them, you know, some people do a webinar style masterminds where people take, you know, obviously they cannot be local with the person or what we have done is, of course, uh, do, do the offline model where we, we do 35 half-day workshops which ultimately fill and bring the revenue for the business to run the, either its retreats, the online portal that we're selling now with the publishing packages. So, um, so that brings me to what do you offer? Uh, because too many, sometimes people go, I want to do retreats and I want to do a mastermind program and I want to do, so then there's three or four different group-like delivery points and that could really, really dilute the power of what you're focusing on really doing and what's your favourite thing that you're doing. If I can give you some advice, because I did all of that, 
Um, I did uh, at one point I was doing an at home uh, year long mastermind program as well as obviously my retreats and um, and I think I had some online people who are part of that mastermind program who were coming on um, you know just remotely and what that did is like at certain times of the year I didn't know which thing I should really be promoting or I knew but by promoting more than you know one one to many offer it became a little bit diluted and therefore it wasn't as, you know, let, let's say the groups along each of those um, things weren't as big as I would have wanted. So my suggestion is choose the one thing that you would love to do and really you're going to put your sharp focus towards just feeling that one thing. And then take one step back and then think about, well, what is my funnel? You know, what does my funnel look like? How do I get the one-to-many high-paying clients into my thing that I'm selling. So what is at the top of the funnel? Do you have some uh, free downloadable resources that get leads into your database? Are you going to offer you know, a free webinar that's going to end up selling into that next step? Are you going to do a workshop, a half-day, a two-day, a one-day, whatever that, that may be at a low cost where you build rapport and a relationship with those people who then obviously will see the value into coming and working with you at your highest level. So our model is we have our books at the top, we've got our half-day workshop, and then we've got our online portal as well as publishing and then the retreat. So there's kind of like you could take um, five steps through the funnel and keep it nice and simple because, again, the more options you have in your head, the more options that you feel you need to be putting out there in the marketplace and therefore you feel yourself and the client gets confused and a famous saying that I've always repeated uh, for years now is that a confused mind will always say no. So how do you keep it nice and sharp? Um, This is the next step and where do all uh, all roads uh, lead to Rome? Well, in your business, what do you want all roads to lead to? Uh, with my low cost of free advertising, uh, oh, sorry, f- uh, free bits and pieces and the Facebook ads and all that, all roads lead to the half-day workshop because I know at the half-day workshop I will have an opportunity to meet people, people will meet me and it would will understand the value behind if we were going to uh, progress to the next steps within the, us helping them write the book in one, one shape or another, whether it's through the online portal publishing or the retreat. So... So really got to be clear on your funnel. You got to be um, documenting what you're doing. Now um, document and, and what are the steps that you go through with, uh, with clients? <laughs> Great advice just what needed to hear today. Thank you, Megan. Let me, write, uh, let me see what other notes I had. I did, um, I did make notes before I came on, but I just started talking and I've been talking for 15 minutes. So uh, I'll just go through what I've got here on my phone. I made some notes. If you're repeating yourself, there is a system. So that's that's the first insight. You have to see what you do as a system. Uh, if you're just seeing, I'm just coaching people, I'm just consulting, I'm just giving them some uh, therapy or whatever it is, It's um, you're not giving it enough um, value behind it. So if you're repeating yourself, there is a system and this system creates your infrastructure around how you help people get from problem to solution. All right, 
document all you do, which is already what I said. So even if you just sit down for an hour or two and just document some of the steps of what you do and how you do it, even to the point what you do with clients and also how you, how you find your clients. Okay, don't skip steps. One-on-one teaches you a lot about your ideal client. So what I was just saying is that if you haven't done or had the experience of working with people one-on-one and that's how you started off, that you were meant to do it and you're just wanting to skip too many steps, sometimes people want to skip so many steps like, oh, I don't want to go out networking. I don't want to do events. I don't want to be with people. I just want to be online. And it's making the journey so much harder and more difficult because you haven't taken the time actually to be with people. The physical um, aspect of being with people, learning from them, listening to them should not be um, diminished in terms of its value. Okay. Okay, the other one that I didn't say, be ready to invest in paid ads. So if you're going to move your business one to many, you're going to need a volume of people, okay? And there's only probably one of you, right? Or depending on where, what stage of your business you're at. So in order to have a one-to-many business well-filled and, um, and working really well, you're going to have to start, start from a massive volume of people that's going to slowly, obviously, di- um, dilute as you're going uh, taking them from steps to steps to step to step to step um, through the funnel. So let's say you start off with a thousand people, um, you know, a hundred of them may take the next action and 10 of them become at the highest level or whatever it is, which means that in order to have a successful one-to-many business, because what this is what happened, I was able to manage everything good uh, one-on-one and one-to-many because I had done four years of lots of networking, events, I traveled, just was really active on social media and did everything I could organically. And then I got my business to multiple six figures. But what happened was when I ran my first four or five retreats, my sales funnel started to dry up because I exhausted my warm network. Everyone that I knew that liked me, trusted me, knew me, to, you know, did my program. And now all of a sudden it's like, shit, how the hell am I going to fill my high-end retreats, my one-to-many thing that, you know, sustains this business, provides transformation to clients, if I'm not continuously meeting brand new people, I can't just keep re-inviting people that I know from out and about. I mean, how many times can one person attend the exact same workshop, right? So, which means that if you want to successfully and sustainably run a one-to-many business, you're going to have to invest in paid advertising that's going to send people to the lower end of your funnel, you know, whether it's going to be the free webinar, whether it's going to be the low-cost webinar, low-cost workshop, whatever it is, and that is where you will be able to do, if you like, your presentation. You're going to add value. You're going to give them a ton and more than, you know, they would ever expect so that they can understand what would they you know, if I was getting all of this, what would this, this feel like if I actually took the step, the step and said I was going to solve my problem and paid for, paid for that solution? So be prepared to invest in paid advertising because that is all. We're talking about scaling a business and scaling a business does not occur through purely organic promotions and advertising. Your dollars invested in advertising, and by the way, please do not invest in advertising unless you've made a minimum of $10,000 in your niche. Okay, I had made over well a couple of hundred thousand dollars, you know, in terms of turnover in my business before I started paying advertising, which meant that there was a need in the market. People were willing to spend money to solve the problem. Sometimes the mistake people make is they 
throw money into paid advertising on an offer or a niche that has not properly been tested and taken up by the marketplace. So please do that first before you go full on. And then when you do, make sure that you measure and test and document everything that you're doing. So if you are spending money, how much are you spending? How many leads does that uh, mean? Um, you know, who, who's converting? What is the dollar number? So, so that you know, for every dollar that you spend into paid advertising, what is the return on investment? Can you improve that? Is it worthwhile? Should you be changing something? And all of that test and measuring kind of stuff. If you, and I certainly at this point of the game, I strongly suggest you're not doing it by yourself, that you're um, hiring someone from a marketing agency or an expert that know what they're doing. So in collaboration with you, that you are giving them, thank you, Adrian, um, that you are giving them the tools and the advice. Like Stuart works with our Facebook ads team or the marketing agency we work with um, by, uh, you know, he spends close to 20 hours of his week uh, sending you content, looking at the backend figures, um, figuring out what's working, what's not working. What can he do as in a bit extra over the top of what they're doing, right? Because I think some people can give the full responsibility to their marketing team or agency or whatever you want to call it and just sit back and go, why isn't this working? Oh, you know, I'm just throwing money down. It's all their fault. Blame, blame, blame. BS. Stop it. You need to take responsibility and you need to be a collaboration where you're both talking, researching, looking at stuff because the, the what is it, the makeup of how uh, paid advertising works nowadays is changing a lot more rapidly of how we used to advertise in the, um, you know, days before Facebook and all that and Google ads and all that kind of stuff. So be an active participant in what's going on when you are going to invest you know, think about your investment dollars in paid advertising as you are investing in property or uh, shares or whatever it is for your financial future. Because the often our businesses give us the biggest return on investment, even higher than property or um, shares because, you know, with them you've got to wait, 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 wait for 10, 20 years to get any ROI. But if you do it properly in your business, you can get, you know, 200, 300% return on investment of the dollars you spend. So don't be scared of doing it, but do it and approach it with caution and document it on all the numbers. I have these massive spreadsheets I've been keeping for the last four or five years since we started paid advertising, and they have got column after column after column and for all of our events, and what did I spend on petrol? What did I spend on uh, flights? What did I spend on accommodation? Food while I was away, Facebook ads, hiring the room, everything and then I go oh, okay how many people came how many people were no shows how many signed up for one two or three other things whatever and what was the dollar figure so when I look at my whole spreadsheet for the year I can see where and what what does it look like in comparison to other years and all that kind of stuff all right so that's my big thing about paid ads um, is that if you want to move one to many you've got to get into it because you've got to keep meeting more and more fresh new people who've never heard from you or don't know you from a bar of soap what else do I have here 
Plan, okay, plan well in advance as one-to-many is all about event management. Okay, so one-to-many is event management. You want to work with lots of people at one particular time? Well, most of your time, 95% of your time, is going to be behind the scenes, like um, uh, either managing what's happening with the ads, figuring out where you're going, what venues, how are you hosting your stuff, that where you're, you're getting your leads and prospects to listen to you, and planning, like literally, if you are going to do this, you need to have all of 2020 already planned out now. Every year, like around this time, I've already got all of 2020 mapped out. But now what we're doing for two months is we're tweaking and we're going, uh, what did we learn from last year? How can we do it better? What's going on? And, um, um, and then moving things around and figuring out what is the best uh, approach for the following year because every year you're going to learn how what things work what you should stop doing and what you should start doing and like i said to you guys when i offered two or three programs one too many i didn't have that focus i kept decluttering 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 so every year in your business you should be moving away from things that are, are taking up too much of your time but not really producing much many results or or they're not the best thing you should be focusing on. So most of your time when you're one-to-many is going to be around event management, around management, how to get bums on seats online or offline, and then your big um, you know, time on, uh, on stage is going to be when you do your presentation and the results can ha happen in instant. And when you hear people, you know, um, the the $200,000 webinar or the million dollar webinar and all that sort of stuff. You know what really truly happened for that 200,000 or a million dollar webinar to, to occur is it happened because um, that particular person probably promoted, uh, ran affiliate things. You know, I think we not all know of uh, Marie Folio with her B school that she launches once a year. And she just basically works the whole year around the clock to launch this one day or a week when she's selling, you know, the next enrollments for B-School, right? And she makes, um, I don't know, five, seven million or whatever from this particular launch. But this woman, and I can tell you now, doing what I do is most of our time we're event managing, we're figuring out, we're doing the uh, Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of the work is in the back um, in the, the back end of what you, no one sees. People see 2% of what you do at the one to many, whereas so much more work happens in the back um, behind the scenes that people don't see. And this is why they go around going, I just want to do one to many, right? Like it would be so much easier to just deliver what I deliver one to many. Yeah, okay, are you willing to do the work that's required to do the one to many? Good morning, Teresa. So, uh, fully Booked Retreats was, I guess, a book written uh, to actually show people that this little cherry on the top um, kind of thing that often people go, oh, nah, you run retreats. I'd love to do the same thing. I go, great. Okay, read this book um, and see are you willing to do everything that needs to be done before you have fully booked retreats, which is a lot of steps and a lot of the work that you actually don't get paid for anything or you get paid the lowest level or you're, you're really losing at the front end in order to win at the back end. Okay, so uh, let me just see here what other points I had. Um, uh, yep, so the offers we talked about, the keeping the funnel simple, uh, don't have too many options or varying events uh, uh, because it will dilute your focus. And basically the last thing I want to leave you on uh, uh, with this is 
become the go-to person for your thing. So what's your character? What's the thing that if they say your business name or your program name or whatever it is, they go, oh, connection, boom. There's that link in people's minds, you know. How are you consistently turning up week after week, day after day, month after month, year after year, that people start to know that you kind of become a household name for that thing. And trust me, it is possible in every single niche to do this. I have seen many of my authors do it and um, um, and um, and myself, like, you know, just walking the path and just keep turning up. Do we always feel like doing it? No, guys, we don't. But you don't need to tell people, um, you know, you don't feel like it today. You just rock up and it's just like, how do you know that this morning I really felt like coming on live before I go on to Rosebud for a week of school holidays with their kids? Like, you know, I just do it. It's Monday morning. It's my thing that I do. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I'm passionate about staying consistent and being consistent and adding value to my community. And Drilla says, yes, Natasha, you do the work. Yeah, you got to do the work. If you want, people see these results and they go, you're so freaking lucky. Or, you know, it's easy for you and all that kind of stuff. But they're not here and sitting next to me or doing all the things and, and all the, the, the stuff that goes on. Um, so just know, just check in with yourself. If you know you have worked super hard and you've done the right thing by people, I think you will, I think the universe knows to reward you. Um, and, uh, sometimes it won't happen when you want it. Um, and other times it'll come from left field and you go, what the hell? Where's this snowball just come from and full of confidence and all that. But just remember that, that courage is the ability to brush yourself off get up the next day and say, I'm going to do it all over again. And that's the point and the note I'm going to leave you on today. I hope this is, you know, just brought in some um, uh, thinking points for yourselves. Um, you know, what will you do? Um, let me know what was the most valuable point out of what I had said this morning about moving your business from one to one to one to many. If you're not confident doing it, pulling the pin and just going, yep, I'm just doing one to many from tomorrow, from next year, then do it slowly. Just know that you're going to have to juggle a couple of balls in the air while you um, are able to fully sustain what you're doing through the one-to-many model. But once you do, uh, there are also huge rewards in terms of um, in terms of being able to win back your time, be more remote or live that lap laptop lifestyle if you like because you don't have to physically always be there one-on-one. I know some one-on-one happens online and all that kind of stuff, but um, there's a little bit more flexibility. But does, it does not reduce the workload. That's what I want to leave you with. It does not reduce the workload. It is, um, you know, it is, you know, a lot more pressure that you've got to perform at certain times to produce results. Uh, but once you build your confidence, that also, um, you know, helps and um, makes your business sustainable. All right, guys, I'm going to go and do my live now into my author secret group. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Go smash it out. And I'll be back here in the chair next Monday. Oh, oh maybe just from the, actually, probably from the house where we're staying because check out is next Monday from there. So I'll come to you and I'll deliver another awesome small business topic for you um, so you can get your start week started on a high. Bye.